Hello. Hello. I'm just, Hello. I'm always going to laugh starting off a podcast that way because I just know it's how I start every podcast. We just say yeah. hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, all right. I think, I think laughing is a good way to start anything really. Just really, just uh, releasing some tension from the nervous system. Just you know, showing showing you the audience that we're warm, friendly, we're approachable, we're <laughs> we're human, human, and a little quirky. <laughs> so I'm Corinda. Hi, Corinda. I'm Julie. <laughs> Hi, Julie. <laughs> and together we're the nuanced naturopaths. <laughs> and. Welcome to 2024. Welcome to the 2024 New Year edition of the Nuanced Naturopaths. Our context is a little bit different than usual. It's and it's with a um, it's with a bittersweet flavor that our context is a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. We've we've both been through some fairly significant changes yeah. since since our last podcast yeah Mm. and so we're recording this over zoom Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. looks like we've both got great internet and great microphones so we're really crossing all our fingers and toes and praying to the Aquarian internet tech overlords that everything's going to go smoothly but we'd usually be in Julie's home office sharing a cup of not well not sharing the one cup of chai but <laughs> that'd be weird <laughs> but um, maybe also not that weird uh, uh, you know having chai together and just being in each other's energy in person and I'm I'm excited and also curious to see how it changes the energy of the podcast recording if at all mm. um I'm curious and keen to hear feedback from other people of like how they find it with this different setup. Yeah, 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 me too, me too. Yeah. I think the tech seems good from from our perspective. So yeah. <laughs> again, those fingers are crossed because it yeah. was only a couple of weeks ago that I was contemplating just shutting down my whole business. <laughs> because where I where I'm currently situated, so Julie's moved, I've moved, and uh, I did not have any realistically usable internet for yeah. posting to Instagram, doing video calls, uploading videos. You know the things that I would, that I do in my business, and I was just. And then I thought the podcast. I'm like, Julie's overseas. How are we going to record the podcast? So very glad that we've got that sorted, Julie. Where are you? I am currently in Bali, oh. in Buduk. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm minding my son, my son and his partner's uh, cat and his house, um, and is just kind of settling into life in Bali. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been. It's been a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, to recap the end of last year, both of, both Corinda and I went through relationship breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, of a similar length, seven, eight years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah eight <laughs> years for us. 
yeah. Yeah, it was weird and it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, one of us influenced the other or anything. It was just coincidental that it happened at the same time. Hmm. Um, and as a result of that, I really had to think my um, my living arrangements because um, as anyone who in, is in Melbourne at the moment uh, who is renting understands, finding a rental is difficult mm -hmm. and finding a rental that you can afford um, while you're building a business is even more difficult. And and I also, I've been wanting, you know, had this sort of dream of coming and living in Bali for, for some time. Mm. And uh, life here is, is much cheaper. So I thought, well, I'm just going to do it. So I sold everything or gave it away. Or <laughs> at, the, at the very end, there were some very hard decisions made about some items that went to the tip. That was heartbreaking. Mm. <laughs> And um, uh, put the rest in storage, and um, and here I am in mm. Bali. It's happening. It, it's <laughs> happening. Yeah, and for the first, and and after making a great announcement on social media, saying that I was going to show up as my true, authentic self and tell you what's really happening, I got then got really sick. <laughs> so I, I think I, I think I probably had COVID. And that would be the fifth time. So I didn't even bother testing. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'd fared pretty well. I, I got over that reasonably quickly, but um, it was it was quite quite acute. And then <laughs> I got barley belly straight after that. So times, <sighs> but on a I metaphysical level, I think my body was just saying, "No, nah, you need to rest. You need yeah. to just take some time out and just." recuperate because it was a lot of stuff to work through yeah. yeah yeah and as I think we've both found and it felt especially like significant with how your situation played out with like the physical then sort of connecting with the emotional I find that once it gets to that emotional level that's really when it's like the body uh, is it the mm. body? Is it more than the body? Something trying <laughs> to say, stop, change something. Like, yes, yeah. I can see you've made a plan. This isn't what we, this isn't how we can live right now. Like something's got to change. And I think that was, well, isn't that, I think I've mentioned to this just in our chats, but like, isn't that funny? Now that I word it like that, that feels like a theme for both of us from breakup to moving situation, to adjusting to Bali, to adjusting to new living situation for me. It's just mm. been this thing of like, yes, you made a plan. That's not the plan anymore. Like adjust, so, or, you know, or the initial thing of like something's got to change and yeah, yeah, making, making those some, some incredibly hard decisions based on that emotion, based on that feeling, based on that, yeah. you know, you could also, I'm sure for both of us, we would call it intuition and just having to like bite the bullet and go, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> Whatever is within me is yeah. right. Something does have to change. Yeah, yeah, and it, it and it's difficult because you can you can easily make decisions based on your comfort level. Yeah, and and when you feel discomfort, it would be very easy to to you know to go back to an old 
decision or, or you know, yeah. to, yeah, so it, uh, and, and there's a little bit of, I suppose, faith in <laughs> in what you decided as well. Yeah. Um, that's necessary. And then, yeah, and then the the physical thing the, of the body wanting to stop, I think, you know, this this is another way that our body tries to protect us and conserve energy, isn't it? Yeah. That that extreme stress state that you have when you're um, experiencing a lot of emotion, a lot of really strong emotions, mm. um, the body's going, "Hang on, no, 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 <laughs> we're going to shut this down. This is yeah. we're going <laughs> to." Yeah, or, or or work through it, you know, like save the energy to be able to work through it. Yeah, right, because I guess I'm just thinking like there's the emotional charge of like the lead up to the decisions, right? There's the emotional charge behind like, oh, I need to do that. I need to decide on that. Oh, my God, oh, my God, I think something needs to change, you know, there's that. Then there's the emotional charge of the decision coming into matter like coming into reality right you know having the conversations making the decisions on what you're selling where you're moving what's happening so there's emotion so it's like emotion emotion and then there's all the energy and emotion that comes with then taking action based on the decisions that you've made yeah moving house all the people you need to call all the things you need to organize um all the the money that it costs to move and take things to the tip and put things in storage and get airplane tickets and find accommodation and you know so yeah it, it it kind of makes sense that yeah it was it wasn't just one note the whole way up until your body saying stop it's, mm. It was these different notes, but they were all intense in their own way, even though I'm sure some moments probably felt easier than others. Mm. It's mm. just uh, the charges along the way. So it makes sense that the body just gets to a point of like enough. And I guess it's also showing us, you know, from a, I guess, a, a trauma perspective, it's showing us our window of tolerance in terms of like how mm. much our nervous system can handle. Like when we're yeah. getting to that point of bordering or being actually dysfunctional where we can't do normal daily activities whether it's because of emotional mental or physical distress like that's our body showing us like we're at our limit yeah something needs to change exactly what you said either so we can have the energy to like perceive through or we just need to back off yeah it's really it's really the whole process has been really fascinating (laughs) to observe it from a naturopathic point of view like even to um the emotional attachments that we have to our material possessions and how much we define ourselves by these things that we have yeah there was a moment where I had to throw out I think I told you there was the my big table Mm. which giant solid wood table and I just couldn't sell it I couldn't give it away it was too big for everyone it was too heavy and we just ran out of time Mm. and it had to go to the tip Mm. and my at the time my thought was but this is too good to throw away Mm. but I couldn't take it with me I couldn't fit it in my storage like I couldn't have it the op shop didn't want it which was a surprise. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation about the um, op shops being completely full, mm. <laughs> not being able to take things anymore. Mm. Um, 
but just you know like breaking those those bonds that we have with our material things that yeah that that almost define who we who we are mm. um, and then and then to just walk away with a suitcase very bold very brave very bold <laughs> and isn't yeah. it funny i think is the best word for the context <laughs> isn't it funny that we started this podcast a year ago thereabouts I think, and the first episode, maybe not, anyway, and the first episode was you had come back from Bali. Yeah, it must have been close to a year ago. It was. Either way, sometime early last year, and that first episode, well, you were specifically talking about that attachment to material possessions and you were talking about the Balinese people and the culture and the vibe there. Yeah. And it's like a year on, you have just followed all those feelings and like hits that you had from the, from what you were sharing in that first episode, and I'm just like reflecting on that. I'm like, that's crazy. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Gee, I hadn't even thought about that. That would be. I would. In fact, I would invite you. <laughs> I would invite <laughs> you to re-listen to that first episode. Yeah. And see how what you're sharing lands with you now. Now that you've made all of these decisions that have sort of brought you into more alignment about what you were sharing. Yeah. And also I think my experience now of Bali is slightly different because before it was um, it was a dream, it was Bali itself was new and fresh to me. Mm. Um, and so I'm coming back now with a different kind of lens um with the view of living here uh and I think also to some of the conversations I've had with my son and his partner who is Indonesian but not Balinese about the some of the I suppose the negative aspects you know the 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 poor decisions that some people make in the traffic that makes it dangerous for everyone Mm. some of the difficulties in finding accommodation so there's at the moment, so I, I found a place in, I think I found a picture of it last night, and it was at the end of November. It was approximately $400 a month, mm. and it was a beautiful little room with a garden, an outdoor kitchen, which is just a single burner and a sink and, and a, maybe a fridge. Mm. Very, very primitive kitchen, but, you know, it's fine for here. Um and that would have been perfect and it was close to a wood and uh, exactly where I wanted to be. Now that I'm here, the prices have probably doubled. Wow. And it's more difficult to find those little places. So somewhere that close to a wood is now probably, yeah, $800 to $1,000. So that's kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's it's different. It's different to see the see it through a different lens now that I'm here and living in. Really interesting and just how that it changes the energy. You've got a new perspective, which I think yeah. is ultimately a gift, but uh offers some extra challenges to be yeah. worked through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I guess it's also 
you know, so many people said to me, oh, my God, you're, you're so brave and this is a wonderful thing you're doing and it's so inspiring. Um, and it's just, a, I suppose, a message just that, you know, like anything in life, um, when you make big changes, it comes with some difficulties as well and some adjustments and some uh, giving up of some things. Mm. Maybe that's maybe that's what they meant when I when they were saying I was brave and I just didn't see that <laughs> that side of things. Yeah. Just boldly going in with excitement and passion and um, but uh, yeah, like anything, there's there's adjustment. Yeah, mm. I, I think the people who were reflecting that bravery back to you. Are maybe the kind of people who, who who do feel very attached to having a home base and having their stuff that they like and having their set routines that occur in one place in one context. Um, mm. And I know that's something my mum was like reflecting to a lot. Like that's sketch. What you're doing is scary. Jeez. And and this whole thing, it's always been this this two sided coin. And one side there's freedom. And on the yeah. other side, there's there's yeah sacrifice and yeah. and loss, yeah, and lack of stability. Because I think the last couple of weeks, the the one word that probably describes my most of most of what I've felt, of the range of emotions, mm-hmm. um, it's just untethered. Yeah, and you know I don't have um, any of my routines that I mm-hmm. nothing is the same. Mm. <laughs> I mean, apart from my work, but even that is at different times because of different time zones. <laughs> yeah, it's still all, and, and you're not doing it in the same space that, that you were doing it from. Like, it's not like, oh, you just set up at home and it's your home office. You know, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, and again, like funny isn't the best word, but from where I'm sitting now for both of us, I'm just looking at both of us. I'm like, oh my God, it's just funny. Like literally everything changed. And there's still a part of me that's like, oh yeah, Julie's going to come back from Bali and we'll be recording episodes in her home office in no time. And and I really have to keep sitting with myself and going like, no, like that's not the reality anymore. Like this is mm-hmm. a new chapter has begun. Like that yeah. chapter was brilliant and it was great. And obviously we got so, so much out of that. And I think we both feel very blessed to have experienced what we experienced respectively. Yeah. But it's like this is new territory, Corinda. Come on, like this yeah. is but <laughs> we gotta embrace the new. Yeah, yeah. And there are new and exciting things too. Like um, you know, some of the things that I have planned mm. that initially I thought weren't gonna come to fruition. I thought I've made all of this change and all of the things that I wanted to do are just not gonna be possible. Well, it turns out that they maybe maybe they are. So yeah. I've connected with a couple of people here mm. that um, are holders of the traditional herbal knowledge. Um, I'm I'm doing a a medicinal a Balinese medicinal herbal workshop uh, next week. Oh, cool! Um, and that's with a a, a fellow that um, he has a farm out in the hills in mm. uh I think it's in Tabernan, but don't don't quote me on that <laughs> um still learning all the places 
but he's also very, very into permaculture, uh, into food as medicine. He has a cafe with his partner in um, Ubud, and that's where this workshop's going to be held. And I think he's moving the farm to close closer to Ubud oh. so that he can actually um, have both businesses running alongside each other. So cool. be interesting to see what possibilities come out of that. I love that. Yeah, and then the other one is uh, a woman I've been speaking to by email for a year um, who uh, runs a natural health clinic here and has done for more than 20 years. And um, she's quite an inspiring woman. We finally got to meet up. And uh, she has a farm as well where she's farming the herbs, both Western and traditional, mm. um, and making them into tinctures because you can't buy tinctures here, mm. um, has FDA approval on those tinctures, is building cabins at the farm so that she, so that workshops and um, retreats can be held there. So mm. that's going to be really interesting to see what, what can come out of that and what sort of collaborations we can have as I think we, we really hit it off. So, yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's really and isn't it so nice when things like that just, like, they just come together and, like, there can be so much questioning or doubt in the lead-up and then it just it just works out, something happens. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And something, like, related but not directly related that is just coming to mind now, like, it just feels like the truth that, with anything you're trying to bring into your life, there needs to be sitting in the unknown and like sitting in the discomfort of that unknown going like, is everything going to work out how I wanted it to? And like, what's going to happen? And I planned for it. Like it just, yeah. Again, thinking about the last couple of weeks for you, it just had to be that way where there was a lot of, well, this wasn't the plan. And, oh, it looks like that isn't going to work out now. It looks like that isn't going to work out. And I know we were both really looking forward to that new moon in Capricorn that we had last week. <laughs> yeah. And it was just so funny that like the new moon passed, <laughs> the a new cycle had begun and it just felt like the dominoes were then lining back up. Yeah. It just click, click, click. Yeah. It, it, it was, yeah, it was quite, I, I noticed it quite profoundly. I, I, I think, um, you know, like two days before the new moon, I could start to feel the change in energy in myself. Mm. And and then two days after, just it yeah. happens. And again, these stupid, stupid coincidental synchronicities that, that show up between us for whatever reason, it was just so you don't have a menstrual cycle anymore, but no. you felt that you felt that shift with the lunar cycle. And mm. it was a couple of days for me before the new moon. Like I was having really, not the worst I've had, but really intense PMS, you know, maybe a week out from, from the new moon. I was expecting my own bleed as well. And then it was probably two days. There was a, a two days before the new moon, there was a bit of a lightning for me. And I was like, oh, okay. I feel something starting to shift, but also something wanted to be released. Like there were tears. And I know we both had tears that felt like, why am I even crying? But like they were just coming yeah. up. And we just like had to let them flow. And I fucking shit you not. And I'm I'm very happy to 
share this, but it might be TMI for some listeners, but <laughs> the new moon in Melbourne time, I'm just going to very quickly pull it up now because it will be fresh on my calendar. The new moon last week was Thursday at 10.57 p.m. Melbourne time, and yeah. I was lying in bed between quarter to 11 and 11, and I could feel the moment that I actually started my period, like that it started flowing properly. And I swear to God, it was like bang on with the new moon. And I was just like, and in that moment, despite any discomfort that there was there in my body, I just felt this immense peace. It it just felt like the deepest (laughs) exhale of like the tide has turned, you know, like, and it's just, (laughs) oh, God so funny like these synchronicities these coincidences these this this uh this cyclical alignment yeah alignment (laughs) yeah it's just it's so it's funny it's funny that that's been the word yeah yeah even even just down to to day to day coincidences Mm. so often we'll be in the same sort of frame of mind and it and now it's happening like continents away from each other. <laughs> up to this morning where we sort of both woke up on the wrong side of the bed, didn't sleep great, and then sort of had a bit of an energy reset, you know, closer to closer to the afternoon, although I guess we're on working on different time zones, but <laughs> oh just it is just funny. Yeah. I feel like I should reintroduce uh, do we even call it a segment, but a, a little old ditty that we did that I don't have a great answer for this, but I'm happy to go there. Julie, what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so I didn't sleep well because I had some gastrointestinal upset during the night um which I woke up with and I woke so I woke up feeling quite bloated and uncomfortable so I had a dragon fruit oh a whole dragon fruit not that long ago to be honest because it's only 11 o'clock here now yeah right Uh, yeah dragon fruit and a decaf coffee with oat milk and that was it okay and do you did that feel like enough for this morning uh yeah yeah. Given where your gut yeah. was at. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm I'm I mean I'm starting to feel a little peckish now, but I'll have something later. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's probably it felt and it just felt like the right thing to have as well. Mm. What did you have to do? Great question, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so I I had I don't have these all the time, but I had one of my weird wake-ups, and I guess in part of sharing this we're just sharing that like we're human too like our days aren't perfect and instagram worthy you know we're human i had one of my mornings uh i digress i had one of my mornings where i wake up and i'm awake and i'm up for an hour but i went straight into a live webinar that was at 7am and then the webinar finished after an hour and something clicked in my brain where i'm like ah oh, we've done so much work. Like we could just go back to sleep. And it's like 8 (laughs) a.m. It's 8 in the morning. And I just was hit with this wave of fatigue and there was no rush or pressure in terms of scheduling today, which I'm really grateful for. 
But for whatever reason, like I had thoughts in my brain of like, all right, come on, let's do your morning meditation. And most of me was just like, no. Okay. (laughs) All right. Come on. Well, you know, it's been, it's nearly been, you know, an hour and a half from when we woke up, like, let's get some breakfast in. No. (laughs) And, and so I just really like lingered in this weird fatigue. Um, and I had all, again, fucking synchronicities. Mm. (laughs) I also have had some gastrointestinal flare ups in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, and what felt really good this morning was to just make space for sitting in the discomfort of the fatigue and of the not doing the things that I knew would be good for me and just being like, hang on, Corinda, just think about where your body's been in the last, you know, couple of days and how it's felt and what it's been showing you. There's, there's context here. You're not feeling, you're not feeling tired or shitty for no reason. Um, let's just sit with it. Let's just validate and allow this shittiness for a bit. And then I thought, okay, but I will eat something. And I made a coffee. And for people who know, I'm sure many of our listeners know of the two of us, I'm not a big, I'm not a big coffee person, but I felt so tired in my head and I wanted to get things done. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be an average person for a second. and I'm just going to have a coffee to help wake me up. And we've got a coffee machine here, which is um, easy enough for me to use. So I had a mild coffee on the coffee machine. Couldn't even tell you what coffee beans they are, but I trust my mum's choice on quality. Yeah. Um, And I could not be bothered cooking and also wanted something that wasn't going to be too intense on my gut. So I got three homemade rice balls out of the freezer and I popped them in the air fryer for 20 minutes by that point, the coffee had kicked in. So I had been chasing my tail, doing a few different things um, on the property where I am around the house. It was probably an hour after I originally put the rice balls in the air fryer. <laughs> Got all this stuff done. I was like, oh, okay, now I feel like I'm running on coffee. It's definitely time to put some food in. Yeah. Um, so I did that and then I accompany- accompanied it with uh, some homemade oat bread that my mum makes that taste like healthy scones that I had with some butter. Nice. And that's the tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to reply to that because, I, I mean, I have questions and, yeah. and I, I suppose around the coffee on an yeah. empty stomach. Yeah. Because that's something that we recommend to people all the time is to to not be having coffee on the empty stomach. Yeah, do the opposite of what I did. Yeah, but but also, I mean, you know, it's 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 good to demonstrate that we we are just human and we're doing the best we can, and mm. that it's not always easy to do what we know just because we know it. Yeah. Um, would you, if you could go back and do your morning routine again, would you do it differently? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, that's such a great, great question. Yeah. When the webinar finished, I would have gone straight into a half hour meditation. That would Mm. have been perfect timing for then eating breakfast after the meditation finished to to be eating within 90 minutes of waking up. And Mm. then I would have, after having a first bite of food, like it's so quick to make a coffee that I would have decided in that moment, do I really need a coffee? rather than going to make the coffee first. 
and who knows what else about my day could have been different up until now so it's it's too it's just past two from it for me here and mm. I would describe my day as mostly frazzled so far but no it's a really good question to ask what would I do differently and the power the power in feeling frazzled is that it's a hundred percent my choice yeah and I I fully just surrender to the absolute truth that saying, oh, I feel this way or today's been like this is a story that I can either choose to go with or I can decide to rebut and turn around. Mm. Um, it just takes energy and effort to turn it around. And today mm. I decided I don't have that level of energy or effort yeah. to put into this. And just acknowledging that feels really powerful and in fact yeah. gives me some energy to acknowledge yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's always like making a series of choices and trying to improve upon them all the time with what we learn by our choices negative or positive or, or I mean with you know I don't really want to put judgment on them because they are what they are and we make the choices we make for the reasons we make them. Mm -hmm. But I think it's always good to be looking at it and going, okay, I, well, maybe tomorrow I'll do that differently yeah. and then that will help me feel like I have more capacity to make another better choice mm -hmm. and, and then we just do the best we can. <laughs> exactly. 100%. And I know we've both recently shared with each other, you know, how we've sort of been journaling a bit more in our own ways. Also, side note, shout out, um, the latest uh, iOS iPhone update now comes with a journal app. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> I, I, saw the, I saw the upgrade, but no, I didn't. So there will wow. now be somewhere on your home screen, there will be a journal app hiding, um, which is something that I've wanted. I've wanted a native Apple journal app for, you know, since I was literally 12, I've always been using third-party apps to do my journal. Then I upgrade to a different app and then I copy all my journal entries over from when I was a kid, you know, just silly stuff. So I had just been writing in my notes, like my journal entries and using a hashtag journal that would put it into a separate folder so I thought I was being pretty clever about it but this oh this journal and you know not sponsored by Apple obviously <laughs> um, <laughs> oh maybe maybe we should do that <laughs> hey Apple want to sponsor our podcast <laughs> I would accept um and it's really cool in that you can do direct voice memos in the journal. Obviously, you can just do a written journal entry. You can take photos. Uh, and then it also gives you reflective prompts. If you allow it, it, it will show you like a photo memory uh, or a collection of photos or it will log a walk that you've done recently in the week or earlier in the day and it will say, tell us something about this walk. Like it will just give you these these journal prompts. It's really what? Fascinating. So anyway, that was a little tangent, but highly recommend that um, people check that out if you have an iPhone um, and you're looking to get a little bit more reflective and introspective with yourself. Let's see if I can patch back my own thread. Journaling. We had both started journaling in our own way. Yes, a part of my recent journaling practice, which is also something that I've used 
on and off in the past, you know, we do the best we can, is to, before bed, go through what went well today? What worked out really well? What am I really proud of myself today? Where can I really see that I did the things that felt actively good, that I knew were good for me, you know, and things that I intended to do? And then going through what didn't work so well? Where Mm -hmm. areas where I slipped back into those old patterns or let the stories dictate my day or let my emotions dictate my day, you know, and Mm. then going through, all right, what do we intend for tomorrow? How, where can we make changes and how can it be better for tomorrow? So I really love that you asked that question and then brought it back to like, you know, and then you can plan to do better next time. And I'm like, Mm. oh yeah, that's exactly the thread I've been on. So (laughs) Good good synchronization there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm fascinated by the journal thing. I I want to play with that now. You know, and depending on how much how much info you let your iPhone have, um, you know, it will pick up, oh, you were in this location that you haven't been to earlier this week. What's what's one memory you have of of going to this place? Or it will just ask questions like, what's um name one person who you haven't spoken to in however long and something they did for you that you'll always remember or that you're really grateful for, or, um, Mm. where do you, where, what's one thing you want to be different about your life in a year's time? Like it just gives you these prompts that you can choose to click and follow. And so even if, if you're like, yes, I want to connect more with myself, but I don't know where to start. Let the AI do it for you for a hot sec, I guess. Interesting. See, I've only ever, I've only ever like old school, you know, mm. consistent with my age, journaling is a is a hard copy thing mm. <laughs> that, you, that you write down with a pen and paper. Mm. Um, so I've never never done it on my phone or any other. Oh, may, maybe I did put a file on a computer once. It's going to be something like, oh yeah, maybe I did like you know typed in my notes on my iPhone once, but I love maybe I put a file on my computer. Once. I love that. Oh, but yeah, interesting. I'll check that out. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Any other thoughts that are on the brain? I feel no. like we've, we've been having a lot of sort of separate, a lot of tabbed conversations. I guess if we just sort of like breeze over our health tabs at the moment, we've got yeah. lots about the gut that yeah. we've just been having recent conversations about. Um, mitochondria and... <gasps> Yeah, and how the other day sort of questioning like, oh, do all like diseases and imbalances just come back down to the mitochondria (laughs) and like mitochondrial dysfunction and our cells just literally not being able to produce sufficient energy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and the link between the mitochondria and the gut. So the gut microbiome and and the mitochondria and our mitochondria. Yeah. Um. Is is fascinating. I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> and where, where do we start this off? Well, I was actually thinking to help, like, test my own brain, and I'm sure it will bring things out of your brain. But you know, so we've just recently both done this webinar from this doctor, who's just who's yeah, world renowned, and I would say probably one of the leading experts in in gut health, Doctor Jason Horolak. Yeah, we just watched one of his webinars and he explained really well um, one of the questions that was asked in the webinar, and I'm trying to find it on my notes now, was how does something like the gut microbiome 
um, link into chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, mm. And he just said it so well that I'm like, I want to repeat that. I want to repeat that to the people. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to try and feel free to fill in some gaps. So uh, this is just me practicing my memory and practicing um, communicating complex health topics that we should all know about in a simple and easy to digest way. Okay. So your microbiota is the entirety of microorganisms that reside within your gut, specifically mostly, well, your small and your large intestine, but mostly in your large intestine or your colon. Mm -hmm. And you have all different kinds of bacteria Now, there are these specific kinds of bacteria called gram-negative bacteria. And just by virtue of existing, it's it's just how they exist that they produce these things called endotoxins. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just something that gram-negative bacteria do. And and examples of gram-negative bacteria, I'm sure we've all heard of E. coli, um, some Klebsiella species. But the thing about these endotoxins, so they're useful for the bacteria to survive, but they have, they drive a lot of inflammation to our, in our human cells. They create a lot of inflammation in our human bodies. Yeah. So these, these bacteria in our colon producing these endotoxins, and obviously there are links between our intestinal tract and our whole circulatory system. So yes. these endotoxins can get absorbed into our blood that then puts them, gives it access to our whole system. So we can get this, what we call systemic inflammation. Mm-hmm. And with this inflammation, well, Jason Horolak actually said kind of just directly, like having even just low grade information, inflammation over a long period of time causes fatigue, just, just as a result of the inflammation directly. But yeah, also so much energy and, and proteins. Yeah, and- it's, it's it's a process in your body, right? So yeah, it it, it uses fuel. Um, but also that some specific forms of these endotoxins directly compromise how these mitochondria in your mm. human cells work. And if you don't remember from year 12 biology, <laughs> say it with me, everyone. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes, it was me <laughs> in, you know, 2015 or whenever it was. Um, but essentially, yeah, your mitochondria are the thing that can turn sugar and oxygen into energy that your body yeah. then runs off and uses to pro- to fuel all processes. Yeah, yeah. which is only only one of the things that the mitochondria does and is given a lot more weight than perhaps the other things which are of equal importance. But Ah, add that. (laughs) Okay, good tab, good tab. And that's that's actually the end of my tab. That's how it works. That's how your gut might. Okay, oh, okay. So, well, okay, if it's these gram-negative bacteria that, produce these endotoxins well like hang on well what can we do about that so we're naturally Mm. going to have all sorts of bacteria the thing that makes the biggest difference is the proportion of different bacterial species and different subtypes of bacteria so it's going to be 
I think this is a case where people would go, oh, okay, gut health, we're talking about the microbiome, surely probiotics, you know, probiotics, or do we need to kill off those gram-negative bacteria Mm, and then mm. put the probiotics in and then make the good bacteria grow? No, no, no. That's not really how it works unless you have a really, really frank, acute infection. Um, How I think think it's safe that I would speak on behalf of both both of us is that neither of us would just use herbs to sort of kill out the bad bacteria in the gut. No, no. Herbs can do that. Herbs can do that. Essential oils can do that. Um, many, many things can do that. Alcohol can do that. Yeah. Um, um, antibiotics do that. Antibiotics do that. Other medications can do that. Yeah. So how you can maybe get an imbalance of this gram-negative bacteria in the first place is actually just through, dare I say everything from like not drinking enough water to not exercising enough to not getting enough sleep. Like this is when, you know, gut health and your microbiota, I feel like is, I want to use the word ubiquitous in the Mm. sense that like it affects everything and everything affects it. It's yes. not just the food. It's not just the food you're eating. It's not just things that you're taking that are specifically for gut health. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just reflective from what your bowel movements are like or symptoms that you get in your gut. It affects everything. So, yeah, a big takeaway there is like, no, you wouldn't just lean on the probiotics. You would double down on your prebiotic foods. So your yeah. fibers, your oats, your asparagus, your slightly underripe bananas your skins on the fruit on fruits and vegetables making resistant starch by cooking potatoes and then cooling them down and then eating them um Mm -hmm. slippery elm i think is one of our mutual favorites yep yep um prebiotics but then also getting the lifestyle stuff in check making sure that you're getting actually enough sleep not just the amount of sleep that you feel okay on in the morning. Like, oh yeah, I'm fine on five or six hours. No, no. If you're a human, you need seven to nine hours of sleep a night at, yeah. at, at the right time as well for the most yes. part. Yes. Um, make sure that you're drinking enough water. No, not just drinking water when you're thirsty, you know, really paying attention to the colour and the consistency of your urine and using that as a better marker of do you need to be drinking more water? Um, and taking your activity into account. And then speaking of activity, exercising, like exercising, (laughs) physical activity that feels good for your body and maybe sometimes feels uncomfortable at first, especially if you're not used to it, directly benefits this whole organ (laughs) essentially that lives in your gut that controls every aspect of your health. And, you know, I can always empathize with the perspective of it's so easy to just want a pill to fix it or a protocol to just go, okay, yeah, 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 okay, yep. So I'll do the things to kill off these gram-negative bacteria and get all the endotoxins out of my body uh, and then I'll put in a good probiotic and then it'll all be fixed. I I can totally appreciate how how nice and ideal that sounds. Yeah. It's just not where you'll get the sustainable long-term beneficial results. Yeah. Well, one of one of the really important things to remember about bacteria is that many of them have this thing called quorum sensing. So they sense how much space there is around them. 
Mm. And the the opportunistic species, often the gram ne- negative, but not just limited to those. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it might be um, Candida albicans. Um, so that's actually a, a, a fungus species. Mm. Um, once they sense this gap around them, they'll go into overdrive and proliferate. So going in and killing the bad bacteria, which they're not bad or good in most cases, mm. just leaves this space. So you end up with, you know, like when you you weed your veggie patch or you weed your lawn and then you go out a week later and it's all dandelions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. It's all something because they're the species that thrive best in those circumstances and just go bananas, you know. Mm. So you using the 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 method of of food and maybe the assistance of some specific strains of probiotics. Yeah. Um I, I like the term cuddles them out. So it 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 balances out the 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 ratio of the um of the species by increasing the beneficial species, which then control the rest of them. So, mm. and, and some of those, some of those species that are considered to be pathobionts are actually beneficial when they're in small numbers. It's mm. only when they take over that, that it's a problem. So, you know, you don't want to kill them. You, mm. you, you want them there just in the right proportions yeah yeah and I think that's I feel you know the more conversations we have about this the more webinars I do that include information of things that I already know that I've already heard but just really like getting that solidified in my head it it really gets me confident on dealing with with gut related issues and I'm sure you feel the same and Mm -hmm. yes we don't have uh, a lovely polished protocol to lean on like they taught us at expensive university. <laughs> um, just as a side note. Okay, the take home from this is that the bugs living in your gut are so prolific that they essentially weigh the same amount that an organ would weigh yeah. and they influence so much of your health. So it's mm. probably a really good idea to prioritize them. And good news for you, prioritizing them isn't going to take a lot of effort in terms of buying expensive supplements or staying on really complex protocols and doing a whole restrictive diet. And, you know, you, you can start today by moving a little more, drinking a little more water, adding a little bit more fiber to your next meal, like getting an extra 15, 30, 60 minutes of sleep tonight. And that's what I wanted to share about the gut today. <laughs> <laughs> there's there, there, there's a, a couple more things that you can do in terms of um, not harming the gut, not disrupting the gut by the, the food choices that you make, say, mm. organic versus non-organic. Because yeah. by choosing organic food, you're choosing to not have the pesticides and herbicides, which kill bacteria. Um, particularly glyphosate. Um, Episode still coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. That we've mentioned we it so many times. We have. Well, we've got a list of a lot of a lot of episodes still still to come. We do. Um, um, what else? Oh, um, personal care products that contain 
mm. ingredients which directly impact your microbiome. Mm-hmm. Things that you put on your skin, things that you like in toothpaste and makeup and shampoo and conditioner and uh, all sorts of body care things mm-hmm. that contain ingredients that are not helpful to the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just avoiding um, things like excess alcohol. Yeah. And- antibiotics if you don't need them oh Uh, like there's always like (laughs) like I never think that I can get angrier about (laughs) the overuse and the overprescription of antibiotics and then I'm just reminded of something or I hear of someone being prescribed them for something really stupid and I I just and then I, I do get angrier and I'm like damn I thought I reached my limit on this and oh yeah and and Dr. Jason Horlack also mentioned the, um, at the end of the webinar, he sort of just, yeah, went over these different things of why sort of human gastrointestinal health on a whole is becoming more compromised, you know, as time goes on. And one of the things he mentioned is, um, greater increased use of, um, antibiotics in preterm babies and newborn babies, Mm. the, I saw on a different podcast recently the heartbreaking rate of um, C-sections. I think it's now in Australia it's 40% C-section births. Mm. If you if you weren't aware, uh, a vaginal delivery for birthing a child is really crucial to the microbes that mm. that newborn gets exposed to that mm. then influence the microbiome for, look, I want to say the rest of its life. Yeah. I want to yeah. be so bold as to say that. And I'm really happy yeah. for that to not be a hundred percent clinically yeah. founded right now, but. Well, again, there's the variation from one person to another. Um, and also um, many of the hospitals now have a um, a swabbing process where they, Good. they will swab the, the, the baby's um, mouth with, some of the vaginal secretions from the mother to help, you know, seed that microbiome. Yeah. Um, but sadly, part of uh, a C-section can mean that the mother is either given antibiotics mm. prior to delivery mm-hmm. but for her own safety. I mean, we should acknowledge that antibiotics are necessary in some circumstances to save lives and prevent infection. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, also, sometimes the babies are given uh, antibiotics as well, yeah. and uh, it, it it can compromise their microbiome from the start. Yeah, and and so I guess that's also a little bit of explanation for um, you know if your naturopath or health practitioner is asking you questions about your birth and about really really early years in your life, it, and it might seem irrelevant to what you're experiencing, you know at this point in time, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years later, but it really is all connected and it really does have an impactful run-on effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the microbiome doesn't actually mature until sort of, you know, two to three years of age. Mm. Uh, and and it goes through some fairly significant changes in that time mm. uh, as solid foods are introduced, um, yeah. uh, uh, in in. It, it, the way that it primes the immune system and then the, the immune system interacts with it 
Oh, we have a uh, <laughs> a visitor here. <laughs> and I love this. So, this is Coco. Yeah, hello, Coco. So <laughs> a, a feline just came into view on uh, Julie's camera and her tail just, oh, there. Yeah. He's got, and she's got something to say about the microbiome. She does. She's got something to say that if I don't let her out of this room, she's going to bite me. Go so on. I'm going to let her out. <laughs> to to bring that thread in to what we were talking about, hmm. households with animals mm. um, have microbiomes that reflect having those animals. So we actually share some species with, yeah, with cats, I know, um, particularly, but I'm sure with dogs as well. Yeah, I'm sure with dogs. And, you know, uh, again, I don't think it's really TMI, but, you know, maybe potential TMI warning. But every time I see my beautiful dog, Laika, do like a poop that looks a little less than optimal for a dog, I always think, like, I always feel a bit bad because I'm like, oh, is that like, my microbiome like influencing yours or like if I have a bad gut day I'm like uh like uh is this your microbiome <laughs> and I just I'm like do I just need to change both of our diets dramatically but yeah <laughs> funny things that go through Corinda's naturopathic brain and children that grow up in households where there are pets mm or particularly children that grow up with, around farm animals have a more robust uh, and healthy microbiome generally. And I wonder what the implications are there, I guess, retrospectively when, when we think of maybe different times where more of the human population was in a farm setting and where mm -hmm. there was a more of a closeness with the animals just because capitalism and privatization hadn't really done its work yet <laughs> yeah um and I wonder if that's just a, a potential factor in how our health on a um I'm forgetting the word but you know on a on a global scale on a collective scale how our gut health has um yeah taken taken a downturn yeah yeah and I guess it's it's further complicated in countries like Australia mm. where children that grow up in farming households, say, mm. are also in areas where there are really high pesticide and herbicide and agricultural chem chemicals, oh. which, as we know, have other, not just disruption to the microbiome, but but other health consequences later, later on down the track too. Oh, and boy, have we seen it. Like just any any client that has come to us from like having grown up on a farm or still living near a farm and you mm. ask the pesticide question and they're just like, oh, yeah, the farm next door, they they spray at this frequency and, oh, yeah, we need to close the windows and you can smell it and, mm. oh, boy. So it's, so it's not even as simple as saying, oh, yeah, if you live on the farm, if you live out in the country, uh, that's better for your microbiome. You know, it's, it's not even as simple as that. It's so, it's so complex mm -hmm. these days. Mm -hmm. it, it's interesting here too because, um, there are a couple of shops in the, the sort of, you know, trendier expat areas like Changu and, and Ubud mm. that um, sell organic food. But pretty much all of the food here is organic because they can't afford the chemicals. So they don't use the chemicals. Any, any food that's grown 
um, certainly in Bali, um, and they, you know, can't afford to be transporting stuff long distances anyway. So, oh my uh, gosh, like what a what a just a refreshing sentence of like oh they can't yeah it's organic because they can't afford the chemicals like I yeah I know it doesn't sound great in, in some ways but like, there's parts of my body that feel so relieved like oh I'm really glad they can't <laughs> yeah yeah me too oh. and, and of course the water's not fluoridated because um because the water's not treated at all <laughs> but, I mean but you you know uh, I mean here we have those big water cooler bottles of um we buy the Balian water which comes comes from directly from springs at Mount Agung. Oh. So the water is naturally uh, occurring mineral water. Mm. Um, it's not fluoridated. It's fresh and clean and filtered as much as it could be. I mean, there might be some, um, what are they, you know, radioactive chemicals in there oh. because it's volcano. Oh, but um, that's the only downside. But yeah, you know, you can't you can't buy pure one hundred percent clean water. Or you can't find pure mm. clean water anywhere in the world anymore that's not contaminated in some way. Oh, isn't um, that sad? Even mm, apparently, even even in the hilltops in the Himalayas. They found um, residue of of environmental chemicals. <gasps> yeah. Oh, very sad. That is devastating. And I'm actually just recalling that Dr. Horolak in the webinar also mentioned, yeah, chlorinated water, fluoridated water as other causes that have caused this kind of imbalance in the hu- human microbiome <laughs> overall. Mm. Oh. Just to clarify. The fluoridated water in certainly in Australia and maybe in America, uh, it's not the naturally occurring form of fluoride that is in the rocks. It's a it's actually a a, a byproduct, um, and uh, is a synthetic version of fluoride, and has other effects on the body. Uh... <laughs> That. Hello thyroid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello thyroid. Um, hello pineal gland as well. Hey. Mm. Um, dot 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 question mark. So yeah, if you hear people crapping on about getting fluoride out of the water, um, it's not that they just hate oral health or really just want everyone to get cavities. <laughs> <laughs> They're just thinking of a bigger picture and that we we don't need to be drinking water with fluoride in it to protect our teeth. There are much more efficient, less harmful ways that we can protect yeah. our teeth from dental cavities. Yes. Yep. And the dentists who are um, holistic dentists, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking Dr. Mark Burhan is one that I, I follow. Mm. Is that uh, Ask the Dentist? Ask the dentist. Yes, yeah, I think he's. Um, he has some really interesting information about fluoride, mm. um, and uh, and questions. Well, not just questions. I think he outright says that it's the synthetic fl- fluoride is of is of little benefit and in fact potentially harmful. 
the more you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, even some of the studies that were done on fluoride are done on naturally occurring fluoride in countries like Sw- Switzerland. Yeah. where it's it's in the rocks it's in the water and that's that's where it was first discovered as being beneficial to oral health oh. but you put a synthetic fluoride you don't get the same effect because it's not the same chemical wow and you know what thank you for bringing that up because in the whole fluoride in the water debate i i had not even considered um the difference between syn- synthetic and naturally occurring fluoride we think about it all the time in relation to other vitamins and minerals oh so th- yeah thank you for bringing up that point because that's a big one oh. that's okay I'll, I'll i'll uh we'll we'll put a link in the in the show notes um for a particular podcast episode Ooh. where he talked about the white spots on teeth and the connection to fluoride um because it's this isn't just you know some crazy person some crazy hippie dentist guy Mm-mm. um it's there's there's solid research um yeah. behind that yeah yeah mm. so we we brought up a, a tab about the mitochondria earlier yeah. did you want to go there or did you want to did you have anything more to say i think about- the mitochondria is so big that we can do a let's just dedicate a whole episode to the mitochondria yeah so we'll, we'll consider it still tabbed yeah um there was nothing else significant that i wanted to say other than something that i saw on the news that i wanted to share yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of related to oral and dental health as well um so as i, w- I was going to mention at the start but um the the opportunity didn't come up uh organically but I'm now you know as a result of all the life changes that are happening I'm now living with my mum and my stepdad out in Gippsland in Victoria uh very happy here also want to put that out there just to like not just to like destigmatize like life transitions where you like move back in with your parents for a bit or or you know need to make a compromise in in terms of your preferred living situation have that um so part of my mum's evening routine is watching the news and I consider this a great challenge for me because I am not a news watcher (laughs) I very very actively consciously decided not to be a news watcher from a relatively young age um so I sometimes dabble in it just to sort of test my boundaries and and Mm. um practice my brain train my brain to not like get caught up in whatever they're trying to convince Mm. me Mm. Um, but one of the things that was on last night was um, research now shows that consuming fruit juice regularly can contribute to weight gain. Uh, a study found that children who had a glass of juice every day gained more weight than those who didn't drink a glass of juice every day. <laughs> Dietitians recommend uh, watering down fruit juice if giving it to your young ones or giving them a glass of water flavoured with slices of fresh fruit. And I just had, I just had one of those moments of like, oh, like, like, like a fucking dadoi, a fucking dadoi. We've been saying this just because something is natural or like naturally sourced. It does not mean that it is like healthful for you. I just, uh, and it just, and then I just take a moment to think about all the kids that are drinking soft drink and fruit juice and 
yeah. pro- probably vaping like <laughs> and and um my heart breaks for a bit but but then another part of me is like huh I'm glad that made the news like yeah don't yeah. drink undiluted fruit juice especially children who it's probably mostly marketed to right yeah 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 it is you know little little poppers with with pop tops in them in in the lunchbox and yeah. things like that and it's I mean it's a processed food isn't it you yeah. wouldn't eat that many apples or that many oranges and then you take the the fiber out of those fruits <laughs> that would help to slow down that glycemic spike, the the blood sugar spike, yeah, and help you to metabolize that slowly yeah. rather than fast. You, you're going to get the same effect as if you gave them, I don't know, coke or something. Yeah, sugar, sugar soft drink. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's just this. <laughs> I like we've, that. we've got another animal interruption. <laughs> Oh, that's very cute. You look very cute in the camera, but the audience probably isn't going to see the camera. And also you're really stinky. So maybe we'll circle back. Hey, circle back in a hot 10 minutes. All right. (laughs) She got the memo. (laughs) And yeah, so it just makes sense that, yeah, exactly what you said. We're stripping these things that are naturally high in sugar of the fiber that would help balance out the metabolism of said sugar so hmm. your body's going to go, well, we've got all this sugar that we need to do something with. Your pancreas is going to pump out insulin. And my goodness, if it's your, it's a young child's pancreas, you know, it's probably going to be working at a rate that it is not designed to be working at for its age and body size, you know. So mm. then you're going to get more insulin in the blood. And eventually, if you continue that pattern and repeat that pattern enough, the cells are going to be like, Yo, there's insulin around here all the time. We're not gonna, we're not gonna open up and let this sugar into our cells. We're gonna, and you know, tab that for the mitochondria conversation <laughs> as well. So then there's all this excess insulin in the blood, and the body's like, uh, we need to convert this sugar and insulin in the blood to fat, and that yeah is how we get it out of the blood. We can't yeah. have sugar in the blood. Yeah. yeah, that is very harmful. So yeah, if okay, if there's all right, other than all the gut stuff we said and all the pretty good shit we said at the start, <laughs> the other thing you can take away from this episode is to not drink undiluted fruit juice, if fruit juice at all. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just have a piece of fruit. Yep. And a glass of water. Yep. Done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and should we leave it there? <laughs> I think I think we probably should. I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. Covered a lot of ground. <laughs> a lot of ground. A lot of ground. And um, yeah, we did we did want to do a bit more of a general sort of touch a few different bases for our first episode back for the year. So what you can expect for us in upcoming episodes is, you know, we're still gonna mix it up a bit. We're sometimes gonna be yeah neurodivergent and go with the flow, right? But yeah. we do want to do some more precise and like specific episodes, you know, deep diving into one topic and covering a lot of ground there. But um it'll always be us. It'll it'll always have a flavor of us. Yeah. Should we should we name some of the episodes that we um that we've talked about? So the the mitochondria, doing a deep dive into the mitochondria mm. is 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 the one that I keen to do very soon. Yes. 
um, glyphosate yep. and the many different effects on the human body that glyphosate has, and not just the human body, but uh, our microbiome and, or via our microbiome, I should say, mm. because that's probably the, well, uh, no, it does have other effects on the human body, not just the microbiome. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the one you're thinking of but as i'm looking at our list now i'm reading vagus nerve and that's kind of getting me excited to do like a deep dive there yep something that i know we mentioned more in previous episodes that i think came up on a recurring basis was the link between mold and electromagnetic fields frequencies yep so dot 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 question mark there that's going to be a rabbit hole yeah yeah I'd like to actually talk about some of the um, Balinese herbal medicine as well. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, there's some really, really interesting ones, um, you know, especially if we're talking about Bali Belly. And I'm saying that because I'm writing a blog post at this very moment um, about how to treat things like traveller's diarrhoea with local remedies, so when you're in a country, you know, what what can you do before you go home and tell your doctor that you think you've got barley belly? What can you do while you're there and experiencing symptoms? That's really cool. So I'd like to talk about that. I think I think we can put that at the, the close top of the list. I think I think we can do mitochondria followed by some explorations of barley belly. And now you, the people, you, the listeners, have an idea of of a, a little taste, a little teaser of what's to come, and you can trust that it's us. So we're going to cover a lot of ground in any one topic that we decide to cover. <laughs> a meandering conversation. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, just yes. as we like it. <laughs> yes. And if you, the listener have any topics that you would like us to cover mm. please let us know because that could be really interesting if uh the listeners had an idea for us that something we haven't even thought of yeah oh my god and I think that's something because our last episode I think we released sometime in November and I think that's been one of the things that I've missed the most is just like having having that more regular feedback or getting regular questions from people. And I think a nice goal for the podcast for this year would just be to amp up the community connection a bit and open up the dialogue a little bit more between us and you, you know, Um, rather than it just being a a one way kind of one way street with you listening to us. Like, yeah, let's, let's put it out there more. Let's get these conversations going. Let's hear your questions. Let's give you some answers. Um, I think that's something that would both really love. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, nice. Cool. Well, I need to go and get something to eat now. I'm hungry. Yes. <laughs> and the listener probably is too, unless they've been eating and listening. So, yes, please grab yourself a cuppa, uh, unwind, relax, eat something, and we will catch you in the next one. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Nuanced Naturopaths. Be sure to ask us any questions you have below, engage with the polls, and we'll catch you in the next one.